What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to Smart Mark Talk, brought to you by Elite Wrestling Audio, the only podcast that brings you two Boricuas from the Bronx, giving you barbershop talk in the world of professional wrestling. It's your boy, Val Cisco. With me, as always, Dax Hardwood to my cash wheeler, Mr. Jay Rance. How you doing, sir? Ooh, I am chilling. That sounded sexual beyond belief, but let's roll mm-hmm. with it. Sexual <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. chocolate. Hell yeah. Dude. <laughs> that boy good. That boy good. <laughs> you know, it's been a while since we did some smart mark talks and barbershop yes. conversations. We have yes. a plethora of topics to talk about in the world of wrestling. A lot has happened, a lot that people know about, and some things that people don't. But let's uh let's get right into what the elephant in the room right now. NXT has concluded. It is May the 4th, people, not to date this podcast, but May the 4th has come and gone for NXT with the main event of The Way taking on Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions in a street fight. This match was hyped up since last week. Um, Another shot for The Way to to gain tag team gold. Uh, Did it live up to expectations in your eyes? Uh, I would have preferred actually a little bit more build to this whole rivalry going into it because, I mean, when was it? I think it was like a week ago or two weeks ago or maybe last week. We saw Dexter and then, you know, the whole Shotzi, Ember interaction and stuff like that. Um, So I would have preferred, you know, more of the mind games, more of the pulling up on Indy or pulling up on Hartwell or even maybe Candice Ray planting those seeds of treachery, you know, treacherous seeds to Indy to get her jealous and stuff like that and want to go out there and rip freaking Shotzi Blackheart's head off or something. So, I mean, the build was very short. The match was good, but I would have preferred more build. How do you feel about it? You know, I, I don't mind the build as much. I could have I could have used maybe a week but I was fine with what we got. Um, I, 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 I mean, the match went full throttle as soon as it started, but it did seem a little off in my opinion. Maybe it was the champions coming out without the tank having kind of a bland entrance. Um, maybe it was just another shot for the way to get these tag team straps. And maybe you kind of saw the right on the wall with the finish as well, too. So yeah. Be- besides that, I thought the match was great, but... My biggest issue was the selling. I thought, like, bombs were being dropped left and right. Big pay-per-view moments that should be on a pay-per-view. That should have been on, like, a card that you can remember. Because I feel like this is going to be a throwaway NXT that we're not going to remember by the end of the year. Um, So, so many high-risk maneuvers happened. But, like, I just felt like everything was just going way too fast. Oh, they went to a table, they're back up again. They went to a ladder, they're back up again. They got a finisher, they're back up again. Yeah, and that and that missed opportunity with um, where Indy was setting up like the force uh, chairs on uh, you know by ringside, and then here comes Ember Moon just with a face plant onto the chairs. I'm like, eh, I would have preferred like a little bit more of a dangerous spot there. I mean, the match went 100, but and when you look over at the competition, you got these women over there busting themselves up, you know, on on a regular. You get what I'm saying? So. I mean, I, I think I agree with you where it could have been the fact that if for, for an important match like this, it just didn't feel as important for the champions. It felt more important for Indy and Candice because we already saw the writings on the wall. But when you take away the tank and you got, you know, May 4th, like you said, not to, you know, date the podcast or whatever, you got Shotzi Blackheart coming out with Freddy Krueger and nothing big for the way if you knew that you were gonna 
taped this and it was gonna come out on the fourth, you could have had a fucking small ray with this, bro. Yeah, you could have had like the way it come out the outfits or like maybe the Sith robes. You didn't even have yeah. to acknowledge Star Wars as like an intellectual property or whatnot. They couldn't get the rights mm-hmm. to say things. Just come out the black robes and people would have noticed that right off the yeah. rip right there. Um, you know, blue leg stormtrooper outfits or something. something that could have, you know, made sense for me the fourth, especially with the way being a Star Wars reference. I don't know. I felt like yeah. it was a missed opportunity. But nonetheless, um, the way get the straps, the tag team straps, and these are the third champions of the year, I wanna say, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. With it because we had uh Dakota Raquel, then we had um Shotzi and Ember, and now we have the way. Yeah, Candice Lorraine Indy. So the third yeah. champion, bro. It, 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 it just showing you straight up no credibility for these titles. They just made them just to make them. How do you feel which, about all the jumping around? Which kind of sucks. I think it. I, if you would have had Shotzi and Ember as the inaugural champions, it would have made sense because they would have been fighting champions off the rip, right? But mm-hmm. you put it on, you know, um, uh, your girl, uh, Dakota Kai, and Raquel yeah. Gonzalez. Which, champions and you take it away the first day it kind of puts salt on the wound right there it really does and i want to ask you a question about something that went down on nxt uh you should have legit kept those titles on dakota and raquel to give them some legitimacy and then you know going with all these rivalries like indy shotzi i still feel sorry for just jumping off real quick off of the subject i still feel maybe this is just me Maybe this is just me. If you can disagree, uh, you know. I believe that Raquel Gonzalez is in a position that she should not be in. Because yeah. when I was when I was looking at the Mercedes um, Martinez, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, Raquel little interview shoot segment that they had, she felt very bland, and the green was still coming through and I'm like you see Mercedes just commanding it at one point you just saw Raquel just quiet like ah, nah. and I'm like girl you're in a position that you shouldn't be I'm sorry you should you should be in the tag straps you know picture right now with Dakota how do you feel about that yeah I definitely think you're right with that I think she's in a hard place I don't mind her being champion it's just mm-hmm. They're trying to have their cake and eat it with her. They're trying to have her strong as a as a heel, but also play or portray some yeah. of a baby face, a shade of gray almost. And I feel like that's hurting her character. Right? You should go either one way or the other. I understand that they want to probably save the shade of gray stuff for the eventual turn with Dakota Kai, but yeah. you know, plant those seeds easily. Like those are easy seeds to plant later on. This this is no rush. You're not on Wednesdays anymore. So, you know, you mm-hmm. don't have to feel the pressure of storytelling anymore. Like it's 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 at your beck and call now. So definitely strange. I I, I was need to ask you this, man. Um mm-hmm. NXT on Tuesdays, you know, we've 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 grown accustomed to it over the last couple of weeks. How do you feel yeah. with the Tuesday lineup now? How do you feel with, with the show in general on Tuesdays? I honestly me this is just me i personally love it bro because you know me i've always said it here on this podcast forever like i love the black and gold brand which is nxt that's that's my that's my shit right there like usually i mean i don't watch raw smackdown like that but i i am up on it but nxt is my show so once they move to wednesday because i was sacrificing a lot of nxt you know for the fellas and my pops let's all watch AEW. whatever let's we're, we're here you get what i'm saying but once the moved 
to Tuesday, I'm like, all right, I'm in here. I'm loving it. The pressure is off. You can tell the pressure is off. You And you can just tell by certain matches how long matches are going, certain stuff that they're doing. So you can tell the you know the pressure is off. I love it personally because it, it kind of makes me feel, again, not similar to Network NXT, but I see some of the the testing and the playing around like you know like Raquel being the champ uh I'm probably gonna butcher her name Saray Sarai uh mm-hmm. the new Saray. uh yeah Saray uh with um Ramirez whatever her name is beating Tony Storm things like that if they were on Wednesday you won't you won't see that you know so I'm happy for it how do you feel about Tuesday nights I'm conflicted I, I feel like it's a great night for them but the product itself, I still feel a little strange because I feel like they're trying to usher in the next generation of NXT stars, but also mm. keeping some ties with some current people, which make it feel a little stale. Like, um, mm. I'm all down for, you know, Lagado del Fantasma, you know, and the tag team straps and cruiserweight strap with, with Kushida. That works for me. I like it. I like the fact that Isaiah Swerve Scott has a little stable now. It's pretty chill. Um, no, I even I'm enjoying what they're doing with Leo Ruff as well too. But on the other hand, you also have Karrion Cross, who doesn't feel like a champion. He feels second mm-hmm. fiddle to a lot of people. You bring back Finn Balor, who's hunting for the title again, which makes no sense. Um, you know, Kyle Riley feels a little stale. And then we had that sit-down interview with Adam Cole last week, which okay, cool. Adam Cole's going the- back to NXT. Yeah, but that 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 interview could have been ten times better with the right interviewer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it, it it just felt very stale. Very, you know, this is what we're gonna hit. These are the points. Let's just get to that. Maybe um, you're probably feeling that way because kind of like we were talking about on the MMA podcast that we have. You know, certain organizations are just blending well. Maybe you think NXT is not blending well with the new talent and the old talent. That could be it right there. I feel that we as fans of any are accustomed mm-hmm. to knowing the next level for these characters okay they mm-hmm. are NXT they, they won the title they lost the title what's next for them okay they're gonna go to you know Raw Smackdown and continue their career the fact that we've had you know the Undisputed Era stay down in mm-hmm. NXT the Gargano the Chompas the Thatchers of the world they're still there it, it, it's not a bad thing I just feel like they're still on top of the card mm-hmm when you have all this fresh talent waiting to break through. I I agree, because um, GYV should have went over Ciampa and Thatcher. Mm-hmm. They should be putting them over. I don't know what they're doing with Gristle Young Vest, bro. They should be champ by now. But, you know, I, I can see that. I'm like, okay, you should have went over. We still have Ciampa and Toothless Timmy, you know, on top. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it, maybe that's what it is—the blending. I wanted to ask you about Karrion Cross. Ever since Karrion Cross came back, I'll be honest: the way they're booking him, I really haven't been feeling his shit. How do you feel about Cross? They making him look like a god. I, at one point, when um, Austin Theory and Gargano super kicked him, did the sub, double super kick? I thought he was gonna grab both flex, bro. No <laughs> lie. I'm like, no, no, no. Please don't tell me he's gonna grab both flex. Um, do you think maybe this is hurting him the way they're booking him? You know, what's hurting him the most is that he's not being able to portray his character that he's used everywhere else. I think they're mm-hmm. making him in this this indestructible tank that's very yeah. soft-spoken and like has an MMA background. I get that, I guess, and kind of making him, in a way, like a spiritual character with Scarlet Bordeaux. 
But I will say this, like, if the dude can talk, the dude can act, the dude can cut promos, the dude has a lot of skills to bring to the table. Like, he had his time in Impact, although short, was was one of the best times I've seen in Impact of him just stalking people and, like, preying on people and being this, like, uh, cross between, like, um, and uh, Dexter from the movie, De- uh, from the show Dexter. So, mm-hmm. you know, he has a lot of chops, a lot of like skills that he can offer to NXT, but they're kind of neutering him just to make him the big ultra bad guy. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe he is not a tank character. He's never been a tank character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a bruiser, but he's also someone with substance, with storytelling in the ring. And I, I think what the issue is is that we don't see the story being told in the ring or even outside the ring, too. We're confused what his character is and what he's doing as a champion. I'll be honest. He's playing second fiddle to Bordeaux, bro. Mm-hmm. He's playing second. He's second. He's playing second fiddle to Bordeaux because a lot of the times where we see him, to me personally, it just feels like okay, you're the secondary character. The main character here is Bordeaux. A lot of the time, even maybe this is me going on a tangent, but even the entrance. I mean, I get it. It's symbiotic. She sells him. It, it, it's a package. I understand that, but. You know, with her coming out first, with her just being out there, you know, showing the energy and the life with the fallen prey, and he's just rah, doing nothing. So I'm like, <laughs> bro, you're a second fiddle, homie. And I agree with you. That's the thing with Cross. Cross is a bruiser, but he's technically sound. He's a technically sound bruiser, a, a finesser bruiser. Like, there's so much layers. He's like an onion. And I really haven't been feeling him since he came back, bro. So. I, I don't know. Like, I, I just didn't appreciate that segment. I also think it's the right caliber of opponent he needs as well, too. And unfortunately, the caliber of people you, you've given him, I think the, the best opponents that he had so far was Champa, and then the one before that yeah. was Keith Lee, because you could sink into those babyface characters. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, I don't think anybody bought the rivalry between him and Finn or Adam Cole or even Kyle O'Reilly at that point as well, too. These are yeah. matches that I don't think anybody wants to see. I think if you were to interject the new blood, like I think people can sink their teeth into a, a cross versus um, our boy, oh, wow. Bronson Reed. Oh, hell yeah. That'll be fire. See, because that, that, that works. Also, like if you look at it, he'll have a hard time. Bronson Reed is a big dude. So, um, and definitely the Finn was just straight, you know, pushed just for Cross to get the strap back. So, I I mean, I don't know, bro. I don't know what they're doing with Cross, but really I'm not feeling it. And it's like our boy Jeremy said, you cool Keith Lee's engines and jets just for this right now. So we're seeing the flaws in calling Keith Lee up too early. Yeah, definitely. Speaking about suffering. Yeah. Speaking about people going to the main roster, like Keith Lee, who's still not on Monday Night Raw due to um, whatever injury or um, issue that he has right now, you know, hopefully he Do doesn't like get better than that. <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's actually, wait, <laughs> is he actually hurt? Well, it, it's very mixed. Some reporters say it's injury. Some reporters uh, said I had to actually do a heart palpitations. Oh, okay, my bad. I'm over here. So, saying he likes to eat. <laughs> hey, we big boys ourselves, so we love to uh, eat as well. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, Monday Night Raw, uh, after WrestleMania, kind of still suffering a bit. I mean, they've been bringing yeah. 
players back, like they brought Humberto Camarillo back, they're making Sheamus a bigger threat, which is not that bad. You know, they brought back the Viking Raiders. Um, they're trying to do different things left and right. Um, what's questionable, a couple of questionable things so far. Um, one questionable thing is having Sonya Deville as almost like a general manager on Monday Night Raw about now. How do you feel about that? Your girl Sonya Deville kind of still having a role with WWE, but not physical. Maybe this is just me. I think it's just maybe because of her sexual preference. They just keep her because she's eye candy. Maybe she's aggressive as a general manager. It can work well, but man, Sonya Deville should not be in a general manager's position. She should be out there wrecking, freaking the division. Man, I- I'm just picturing some phenomenal matches between her and freaking Shayna Baszler. Yeah. But um, I mean, I get it. They want to keep her around. Maybe they're just doing this just because they don't know where to interject her right now because obviously the women's division on the main roster is floundering so maybe they're just doing this um to you know to keep her around but i'm not feeling there are you feeling it yeah it, it, i don't know it, it, i'm gonna have to see in a couple more weeks what she brings to the table so far what she brought to the table is you know um the whole thing with Charlotte being suspended, she reinstated Charlotte, put her back into the main spot for the title in a triple threat match at WrestleMania slash Backlash coming up. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's a heel kind of general manager move, uh, move that they're trying to do, which I don't mind, but that could get old real fast. Yeah, my fault for that. I was looking for my doggo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not... Nah, um... I, I get you. Maybe it's just a weird angle to interject her. I'm probably talking smack, but maybe it's just, you know, no promotion to the actual WWE product. But maybe oh. it's just, you know, maybe it's just a way to interject her into that because, you know, some weird way where her and Charlotte and eventually put her into the main pick. Maybe this is the segue for them to just boost her up because I I, I, I think Sony Deville's been ready, bro, for like some, from, some, some stardom. Honestly. Oh yeah, uh, 100%, I, I believe that too. Who doesn't feel ready, in my opinion, right now. This is a little weird to say. I, maybe I'm being harsh, and maybe it, her not being ready is not what I'm trying to say. Maybe this is uh, the way she's being written or being booked, but your girl Rhea Ripley as champion is not selling nah. me whatsoever. whatsoever. Well, it's, it's her character, bro. Like, she's... And in no way, shape, or form, just because they, they look eerie similar. But with that character, you can't do much because, like, she's like the female Pete Dunn, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just a bruiser. Ah, you know, she's she's Australian. He's British, of course. But that's all they are, bro. They're bruiser characters. There's, uh, there's a, you know, shelf life to these characters. And uh, she was showing, maybe like you said, another character called up too early. She was showing a lot of um, more sides to her with Raquel Gonzalez as a dancing partner. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 with her, bro, honestly. I'm still not sold either, but it's just a bruiser character. That's all it is, bro. Yeah, it could be the character. It could also be that you know they're putting Charlotte into this mix way too early. I, I would have liked to see. But that was that was the plan, though. We knew we it was get that. definitely, yeah. it definitely. <laughs> but and I guess my mind, I wanted them to be separate just a little bit longer to 
build something bigger. I mean, like that was a match from last year's WrestleMania that was important, right? So mm-hmm. why not try to build that for a SummerSlam or even a Survivor Series? Like that's money left on the table. Just to throw her into this right here, it's like, well, okay. It just tells me that either one, they don't have a lot of confidence in Rhea, or they don't have a lot of confidence in Oscar, which is just weird. Oscar, another one person that's lost. Agreed. Is she on the wrong brand? Hmm. Mm, yes and no. I feel as a champion, she would be 10 times better on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But I also feel that on Raw, she shouldn't have been the champion right off the rip. I think yeah. she's a type of person, wrestler, um, star that you want to see the chase. So that way, when it happens, it feels big, it feels humongous. And I feel like we, even though we had that at WrestleMania, it didn't feel like it, right? It just felt like a little mm-hmm. bland, like a bland win. Yeah, I agree. The match was phenomenal, but it definitely felt like a bland win. Does is the fact that Rhea's suffering a bit because of probably WWE not having a longer storyline because we know uh Lacey Evans, you know, she got preggers and stuff like that. Maybe this is why we're getting this rush storyline to so just eventually get the strap on Charlotte. It could be it could also be that you're introducing Rhea Ripley on Raw now. It didn't come across on WrestleMania, but at least on mm-hmm. Raw, you're introducing her as the big heel of Raw, like the women's heel of Raw. Okay. And you already have Charlotte being the epic bitch, so you can't mm-hmm. be like the epic heel when you have Charlotte around. And then you have Shayna, uh, and you have um, Nia Jax. Nia Jax. Also being heels in their own way as well, too, that's... getting a lot of heat. Yeah, that's why I say maybe she's on the wrong brand. She's a... She has a lot of star power, so Rhea Ripley, you're automatically going to assume Raw, but I would have much preferred her on a SmackDown, and then you could have just continued the storyline with, you know, her and Bianca Belair being the two last participants in the Rumble, obviously Belair winning, you could have just kept that going, having Rhea as the heel, and just those two, you know, behemoths, like powerhouses, because Bianca and Rear powerhouses that would have been phenomenal but before getting there maybe beat up on sasha a little bit get her over sell her you know what i'm saying so oh yeah i don't know i think she's definitely on the wrong brand um yeah you got it. i was also gonna say this i don't know on the flip side of things they are doing some fun stuff on raw like i i really enjoy sheamus as united states champion he feels a little reinvigorated as a superstar and it still feels a little fresh, even though he's been U.S. champion before. He's doing the open challenges again. You're having fresh opponents kind of go for the title now. Like You're having Humberto Carrillo a little bit more violent these days. And now you're interjecting, you know, Mansoor, who I believe is now is going to be on Raw full time now. So oh, wow. that right there, too, is like, is big. You're having two new stars, essentially international stars, you know, um, interject with another international star in Sheamus. So, um I, I, I find that pretty fun. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't, it, it, you could say it's a little ego boost for Sheamus because he wasn't really doing nothing. And when I say ego boost, I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it in a, a, a good way. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe he feels like, hey, I'm still the ish. I'm Sheamus. I, I can do this. I can carry this strap and be a force. Um, I enjoyed it when he went over. We both enjoyed it. So, I'm happy about that. It's definitely reinvigorating him. It's also taking uh, Matt Riddle, taking him off of that position, because I felt that that strap should not have been on him, so he's doing the whole RK bro, like that with Orton, which both of them are kind of like in a weird spot, 
So, hey, why not pair them up and get this little comical RK bro thing going on? So that's kind of cool. It gives both guys something to do. I do see the the risks that they're taking, but um, are they worthy of boosting and getting the product up there? Maybe in the long run, but right now it's still kind of like, meh. But I see the risk and I appreciate it. You know, maybe there's somebody out there saying, hey, you got to switch up. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I, I can definitely see that. I can see that the risks are being taken with, um, you know, new blood essentially on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not really new blood, but hey, it, you know, Humberto Carrillo is, is a risk. You know, he doesn't have the, the mic right. chops just yet. He still has that, you know, triple A CMLL flavor to him, um, which makes yeah. him different, but at the same time makes him awkward looking at the WWE style. Um, <laughs> and then you have Mansoor who... This dude is on like a 42 winning streak everywhere else. Bro, he, he's about to surpass Goldberg, bro. <laughs> like, you about to pull the taser on my sword. <laughs> Give me that all day. Give me the taser spot on my sword. <laughs> I'm so stuck. But yeah, I I see the risk and I mean I like it because that that's all it's it's about. You got you gotta risk risk it and mix it. But talking about new blood, old blood. How do you feel about your girl even re returning back against a role, bro? Like So here's my biggest gripe with this one. And I think mm-hmm. it's the internet's biggest gripe. You know, wrestling fans all over mm-hmm. the atmosphere's biggest gripe is this. You just released yep. Mickey James and the Iconics to trade off for Eva fucking Marie. Why? The only thing that I could think about is that from a social media platform, I get it. She's big. She's Instagram famous. Good for her. Fantastic. But does that translate to what you're trying to produce on live TV? And we've seen it many times where her shtick doesn't work as an athlete. Maybe as eye candy, definitely, because that's all she wants to be portrayed as half the time. But as an athlete, she has botched more things than anything on botching media. Uh, so or or wrestle botch shout out to them on instagram as well too but <laughs> you know she is not a competitor and maybe she can't surprise me maybe she'll come back and she'll be like the the new flavor of the month but i highly doubt <clears throat> it i think you have a project that you're working on with lana who little by little she's been getting better as an athlete at least she's taking you know her her, her job serious as being a professional wrestler and entertainer even marie has never looked at the wwe as her goal so the fact that mm-hmm. she's there makes no sense whatsoever i just have a huge gripe when you just fire literally fire trash yeah. bag you know legit competitors legit wrestlers professional wrestlers for this mm-hmm yeah man that's that's like i even went on their instagram and i wrote it up i'm like bro so let me let me get this right you get rid of a hall of famer mickey james you get rid of the iconics you get rid of chelsea green which which she's let's be honest she's eye candy but yet she wrestles Mm -hmm. you know you get rid of them for eva marie bro you say she may surprise you, but she's still awkward as fuck in front of the camera. Because when she yep. was laid up on that Cadillac, bro, she looked awkward. I don't even know what car it was. I'm just saying Cadillac to say it. But when she was on the hood of that car, 
you still saw the uncomfortableness in her. She's never going to be comfortable behind the can because it's like you said, this is not what she wants. This is not her aspiration. This is just a goal for her to reach more followers on her social media platform. I looked at her followers right now. She has 4.6 million. You look at a Mickey James, she only has a million, which is mind fucking boggling. But that's all she's using it to elevate her platform and her brand. And it's a little disrespectful to a lot of the women's that are still on the main roster or even in NXT. This is what you bring back, bro. Like you said, she's botched more things than than anybody. And and every time I think of her, I think when she botched Ginger Mahal's name. <laughs> she dead called this dude Ginger. I'm like, bro, and this is what you bring back? Now, I don't know how she is uh in the ring because we haven't seen her she doesn't put nothing up on social media but i'm sure they possibly brought her back in a way that it's not gonna be because you can't i mean yes you can teach this but for somebody that's not aspiring for this or really want this you can't teach it you get what i'm saying which is crazy because you have the eva marie characters already on raw and smackdown you have um i know you don't really care about her that much but you have the carmilla character who, yeah, Carmella just goes around walking around like a hot piece of ass half the time. But at the end of the day, at least she can give you about a good five minutes of a match. You know, um, <laughs> no disrespect, but I'm just saying. Um, and then, of Mom, course, La- Lana nice. as well, too. Lana is another one who's, you know, the trap, the, you- the, the thirst trap right there on Instagram plays the oh, same damn is. role. She is. She is. Um, but you know what? I, I don't like Lana, but I respect her because this is what she wants this is you know she's taking this craft serious and for Eva Marie this is not what you want this is you're just using yourself you're just using this to elevate your brand so that's why I respect all the other ladies that you said as opposed to Eva Marie um let's see where this goes man let's see where this goes I know a lot of people are hella upset about it and I'm one of them I would be too especially if I was a female in, in NXT or even on the main roster um What's my aspiration? What's my end goal with the WWE? Is my end goal to reach a certain point, get fired, so that way someone like an Instagrammer can come on and take my spot? So question, you got Eva Marie, which yeah, like you said, an Instagrammer, and then you got somebody in NXT which can wrestle freaking circles around her, Taya Valkyrie, Frankie Monet, as they like to call her now. How, how do you feel about that? Or how would you feel about that if you're in Frankie Monet's freaking shoes? Some people look at it as like healthy competition, but man, with the track record, it, it just WWE's track record is, is not that healthy when it comes to uh, the female demographic, especially on the main roster. Mm-hmm. As much as they want to push like main events for women and whatnot, um, they're not even they don't even come close to the product that it was in NXT. The way these women wrestle on NXT. They give the fans what they're looking for. They give you the storytelling in the ring, outside the ring. They drama. Hell, you have Indy Hartwell having a, a love angle with Dexter Loomis. That screams main roster, but it's working on NXT. And the fact that she could wrestle and put on stars, studying matches as well too, bro. Like, what? What is? What does? What is? What does she lack compared to Eve Marie? Why can't I, I, why can't she be like the main one on the truck? But I guarantee you next week even Marie's face will be on the fucking trucks going going around. Yeah. yeah, I guarantee you. And I'll tell you why that face will be on the truck. Why? Because we heard that Chelsea revealed 
the gimmicks that they offer to her. And I guarantee you that face will be on the truck next week because Eva Marie will take one of those gimmicks, which is Daisy Duke, Eva Marie, sexy nun Eva Marie for Seth Rollins, or, I mean, we don't even got the Iconics now, but, you know, she'll be the member of something, you know, kind of weirded out or whatever. But that that's all it is, bro. She don't care. I mean, that, that's all it is, bro. She probably came back like, all right, bro, put me in this freaking Daisy Dukes and I'll be the sexy well, nurse. Remember, sexy nurse her, her last yeah. gimmick at the WWE was like she would always botch her entrance. Like either her top would come off and malfunction. Yeah. You know, yeah. something would happen with her entrance. She would never get in the ring. That was her last mm-hmm. gimmick. Mm-hmm. That's why she got back. Bro, that's why they brought her back. When I saw her, I'm like, okay, so you're just probably going to offer her all the gimmicks that Chelsea Green turned down because she's an actual fucking athlete as opposed to this woman that just wants to be eye candy and elevate her brand. Now I see why you did it. Yep, yep. Um, nothing really big after that for Raw. I mean, they interjected Braun Strowman into the main event for Backlash for the title. Um, so now you have Bobby defending the strap against Drew, who's been acting more heelish lately. And of course, mm-hmm. um, um, Braun now, who... Uh, it just feels like a little kid still. What they're doing with Braun, I don't. I just don't know. Like he, it's like <laughs> what they imagine for Braun is those weird movies where they have like the big hulking but happy kind of character, always getting bullied. He doesn't oh, know his own strength. Yeah. Didn't they make a big show movie like that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what was it? Knucklehead. Knucklehead. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically knucklehead. <laughs> You're you're the real life knucklehead, bro. <laughs> I mean, the whole build up for media was fucking Shane calling him stupid the whole time. Yeah, bro, look at that. That's a fucking pathetic build. But yeah, I mean, it, and for me, it sucks and it hurts because, yeah, I started appreciating Braun Strowman once he got the strap to see where he's at now. Bro, Um, I don't, maybe this is just me, but I don't see Braun sticking around for too long with WWE, man. I won't be surprised. If he's one of those roster cuts, you know, that happens within whenever. I don't know, man. Mm. He the way he speaks about WWE, like he he feels like a lifer. He's a lifer, yeah. He, like he loves the WWE. He, like and I and I get it. Like before he, could, this, he, he can, wasn't wrestling. He can love the WWE, but the WWE won't love him. <laughs> exactly. But like, you know, he, he doesn't know anything other than this. Before this, he was just bodybuilding. So, like, I get it. Like, the WWE gave him a shot of, like, millions of dollars, and he owes that to them, I guess, in, in his own way, right? So, I can see him always having that loyalty to Vince, no matter what. Um, uh, I don't know, man, but it, Raw, you know, under new management as well, too. I, I can just jump into this right here before we get into anything else. Uh, six days ago by PW Insider that Jason Jordan, my man, Kurt Angle, is a legitimate son. <laughs> American Alpha alumni, NXT alumni, uh, who suffered a, a broken sh- freaking neck just like his daddy. <laughs> um, but no, actually, seriously, uh, debilitating injury that happened a couple of years ago hasn't been in ring. Um, you know, a couple of people said, you know, off, you know, off record that he was going to make a comeback some way, somehow. But with all the shenanigans happening with, you know, uh, Carano and his fire firing from his debauchery of sending people trash bags when when um, people were released from the WWE with their personal items. Um, since he was fired, they let your boy John Laurinaitis um, become head of talent <laughs> relations once again. And now Jason Jordan becoming one of the youngest 
lead producers on Monday Night Raw. Um, fresh feelings, fresh faces, a young person. And maybe that could also be with Eva Marie. I, I doubt that he has anything to do with the Eva Marie thing. But if you have a young guy, a young cat like Jason Jordan, I, I can see him with the finger on the pulse with Eva Marie. Like, yeah, this is what the generation likes. They like followers. They like Instagram. They like Twitter. Mm-hmm. They they want new stuff. Let's put the Monsors there. It'll be an international success. Let's put the Humberto Carrillos out there. We need a Mexican audience. Let's put Angel Garza back here. Let's see him fucking punt roses in people's asses. People will laugh. You know, um, I can mm-hmm. see him mm-hmm. trying to build something. I just don't know what it is yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I... I would have to agree with you maybe it's just the fact that he's a young cat um he's up with the trends like you said he's up on social media so he definitely will interject a little bit of um i'm not gonna say younger talent but younger minded ideas maybe and when i say younger minded ideas i'm not talking about like nothing you know no debacle and that like that but maybe stuff that people want to see because like you said which is a great caveat he definitely got to be up on Twitter and social media. Mm-hmm. So he sees what the fans are asking for and clamoring for. And I mean, can like, it's, it's up from here. You get what I'm saying? So I'm definitely looking forward to see his mind as well in the industry to see how much of a mind he has for the industry as opposed from the talent. Cause I, I do like to do this wrestler, you know, that's my dude, American alpha and Chad Gable. So, but I want to see his mindset where he's at now and how much he has for the wrestling industry yeah who knows like they 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 may just give him the reins for a little bit and just to see how they could shake up raw i mean at this point raw has been so bad over the last couple of years that i think vince is just about ready to try anything at this moment in time to see how they could either um get the ratings back or just have Monday Night Raw have that mystique again that has been missing for a long time so if there's one shining light that I could say it's that having a younger perspective may help but I could also see it being conflicted with Vince McMahon just changing shit on the fly yeah yeah but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it man I'm looking forward to it like you said I think it's just the fact that helps him and he's on social media and things of that nature Mm-hmm. Let's get into um, a different promotion right now. Tomorrow, May 5th, we are getting a, a very different AEW Dynamite. This one is specifically revolving around the Blood and Guts match. Their, their version of the War Games matchup uh, on Dynamite, uh, including the Inner Circle, taking on Pinnacle. Um, Four Horsemen vibes, old school War Games vibes. Sounds good, but a whole two hours to build up to War Games. How do you feel about that? Is that something that you think can be successful? Does that intrigue you of just having other people like build up to this match? What this match means to them? What these characters mean to the roster and whatnot? And try to sell you on this match before the match starts. Hmm. I mean, I'm all for the inner circle to be in that position. I can't think of another group or other people, but um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I really haven't been feeling the pinnacle since they came about. Obviously, new, fresh group, newly formed. I'm still trying to grasp the concept of what the pinnacle is. Like, you claim you're the best, you say you're the best. Is this just 
you know, MJF being promoted to the top? Is this just MJF versus Jericho? Everybody else is fodder. So, I mean, Inner Circle has been there from day one. So they definitely deserve this type of match. But with the Pinnacle, I, I don't know, man. I'm still trying to get to them. They're rough around the edges. These characters, they were meshed hella fast. Excuse me. You got some of them that just like super overshadowed because it's, it's, it's the MJF show. You got mm-hmm. Sean Spears that he just says, I mean, I won't lie. The interaction between Sean Spears and Guevara got me hyped as fuck. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I want to see what these two dudes are going to do in that cage. But maybe it's just the players for the pinnacle. I don't feel like because how MJF said in the promo uh, in the little yeah in the, uh, in the segment for last week's Dynamite where he's like family. Nah, I don't I don't get that family vibe. I get it with them in the circle, but I don't get it with you. So maybe it's just the team, how it got formed too fast and boom, you're in this important match already. Cause like you said, and we know cage matches, obviously this is a different cage match, this is war games Phil, but cage matches in AEW are very safe. We've only seen one, which was Wardlow and Cody Rhodes. So I, I I don't know, man. Maybe maybe this is just me looking at it the wrong way, but how do you feel? I mean, I can agree with you with Pinnacle. I feel like they haven't been as high as they should be. And maybe that's because they're not positioned as like the number one group. Of course, Inner Circle is. And I think Inner Circle gets mm-hmm. more of the TV time. And you're used to seeing these characters over the last two years. So, of course, like you're going to feel familiar, good or bad. With the Pinnacle, you're still trying to capture what the Inner Circle did. You know, you have the good talker on the mic, but here's the thing. Um, mostly everyone in the pinnacle can fucking cut great promos. Yep. That's one thing I can say that's better than the inner circle. Not to throw any shade, but I don't think that Sammy can cut a great, great promo like Sean Spears or, or the revival whatsoever, FTR. Um, same thing for Hager. I don't think Hager could cut a promo for his life. No, um, but said, we know Warlow can. <laughs> Bro, Warlow can talk, man. When I when I see that little segment went backstage, I'm like, okay, Warlow, not only are you a powerhouse, but you can talk, brother. Oh crap, like <laughs> you the complete package. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have that right there. I just think you're right that this match came a little, a little too fast. It should have had a little bit more build up, in my opinion. They should have left this for double or nothing. This should have been the main event for double or nothing. This That's screams great. pay-per-view. This is money left on the table. You're not battling mm-hmm. NXT anymore, so there's really no reason for this. Uh, this kind of gives me like Georgia's own uh, vibes of Hogan and Goldberg for the strap on, on Nitro. Um, yeah. Wasn't needed. Um, but I don't know. Uh, maybe it could be a success. I think Pinnacle has to go over. And what we've seen in a lot of these like Jericho inspired matches, like the, the Stampede Bunkhouse match and the, the Mimosa <laughs> Mayhem, usually <laughs> the inner circle kind of loses in these matches anyway. So if they do lose, I would be okay with it because Pinnacle needs it if they're going to be the big bads for the rest of the year. But where does that leave the inner circle, man? Where does that leave? Does Jericho get a much needed break? Because he's been on TV for like since day one you know do do you give santana and ortiz a shot to do things outside the inner circle do you give Guevara a chance to do things outside the inner circle what's next for them yeah man um i yeah pinnacle has to go 
Pinnacle has to go over. Obviously, they're the hot ones right now. MJF, possibly if you want to revisit down this, revisit the storyline, even in the singles match, you know, MJF, Jericho for all the marbles. Um, I think it's time that we split up the inner circle. Maybe this is probably the segue of if the Pinnacle goes over, you know, we see a little bit of dissension. Maybe nothing too crazy, but we see a little bit of um, professional dissension where the inner circle says, all right, this is not working no more. We got to do something, you know? We've been here. We haven't really done the ventures. We know Santana, um, he's been vocal on social media with some fans saying, bro, y'all got to go for the tax traps already. And he was like, y'all don't understand storytelling, maybe. Y'all don't understand the building of the foundation. So maybe this is something that if Pinnacle goes over, we can see this. I, and I think it's the best thing for all these players. I opinion. think so. I think so, too. I, I wouldn't go so much with the dissension route because I feel like we, mm-hmm. we just got over that with the whole MJF stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely like the, the winner takes all thing that you mentioned with MJF and Jericho. Maybe we can revisit that at Double or Nothing. Maybe we can have like whoever goes over that faction breaks up. And you have the inner circle break up there, which I think we can all deal with it. I think um, they've done everything they could do besides probably hold all championships all at once. But I don't think they need that. Um, I think a breakup would just be necessary. Hager looks like he doesn't need the inner circle whatsoever. He has his own career that he does. Jericho will be fine no matter where he goes. He even needs a much needed break. I think the only people that I'm concerned about are Guevara and and our boys, Proud and Powerful. Mm-hmm. I agree, man, because Jericho's safe. Out of everybody, Jericho's a god. Um, if anybody... Honestly, I think Guevara would be safe as well. Jake uh, Hager would be safe as well. The ones that I feel that would suffer the most out of this is Proud and Powerful, because you got right now maybe unpopular opinion. We know it's a storyline. We know it's a bigger picture. Unpopular opinion. Bro, Mm, Young Bucks are stunting the freaking tag teams. Title division right now, bro. They're stunting that picture. Um, I'm getting vibes with Hangman and Omega all over again. Obviously, we know that was a bigger picture in the storytelling. Yeah. But Young Bucks right now, I feel like they're really stunting this division. We also um, get... uh, a fatal four-way uh, taxi match tomorrow night for number one contender. Obviously, we know SCU are going to go over to go up against the Young Bucks to lose. You're burying a few tag teams, and it's kind of like, eh. So, I don't know, man. How do you feel about the tag team picture? I mean, I don't mind the Young Bucks being this, like, we sold out kind of gimmick. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what they are, you know, wearing the Dior fucking clothing and shit like that. Like, I don't mind it as much. Yeah. I just hope that storytelling is the bigger picture here. And if storytelling is the bigger, bigger picture, I don't see it as SCU. I think that's just like another fan favorite team for them to kind of go over. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the bigger picture is that you're going to enhance a tag team out of nowhere, we have to really think about who is that tag team that can beat the Young Bucks mm-hmm. that makes sense. The only people that I would think that would elicit a crazy reaction because we know fans are coming back in the set attendance full force it has to be your boys dark order yeah yeah 
No, Oof. no, you don't think so? Oh. You think they cooled down on John Silver? I think I don't think they've cooled down on John Silver as a tag team. I mean, yeah. I mean, excuse me. I, I think they cooled down on John Silver as a tag team. If anything, I think they're very high on John Silver as a solo career, bro. Mm-hmm. I think they're very high on him because we've seen him put on phenomenal matches. Mm-hmm. Now, if you wanna if you wanna do a tag team, you can go uh, ten and John Silver. So, but um, I think the team that's gonna take the straps out of the from the Young Bucks, I think it's gonna be a left field team that we don't see coming. Honestly, I don't. Th- I don't think it'll be Dark Order. I don't think it'll be SCU, and I don't think it'll be Best Friends. You don't think it'll be Best Friends? Or you're heating up Best Friends again, little by little. They are. They are. Um, if I see a team taking the straps from them, this this will be very ballsy. But remember this day. What is today's date? Okay. Fourth. May the fourth. Uh, the, May the fourth. Yeah, we still on May the fourth. It will be. Your boy Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky taking those tax traps. I'm calling it. Ooh, that's so. yeah. that's pretty ballsy. That's that that is a ballsy thing right there. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm not opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I'm I would just be opposed to it if it was against the young. I think if it yeah. was a babyface team, like if it was mm-hmm. SEU or let's say if it was I don't know Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus who are being overlooked as well too. Um, oh yeah, they've cooled their engines down. Od. They cool Luchasaurus's engines, bro, because they're all in on Jungle Boy. It's just, I don't know what it is. The, I, I mean, I know what it is. There's a lot of fucking cookies in the in the pot right now. There's a lot yeah. of cookies in the cookie jar, and it's like, whatever you take out, that's your shot today. So, I mean, I get True. it, but, you know, it's it's tough to see all these awesome tag teams and not being put to good use. Um, yeah. Speaking about opportunities and mm-hmm. things not really being put to good use uh, a couple weeks back we saw kenny omega take the impact world championship <laughs> strap from your boy rich swan um at revolution oh, sorry rebellion um but you wouldn't know that if you watched aew dynamite whatsoever how do you feel about them not really going a hundred percent with this belt collector gimmick for Kenny Omega at least on Dynamite because on AEW sorry on Impact Wrestling it's a completely different story on Impact Wrestling you get the vibes that he is the belt collector you see the multiple titles they talk about him being the AAA Mega Champion they talk about him being you know the AEW Champion their world champion he's on the next Impact card the next few Impact Impact cards defend the title or being in big money matches so on one brand, you're like, okay, cool, Kenny Omega is this fucking ultra god. On the other, it's like, well, he's our champion. Okay. Yeah, it's very weird, bro. It's very weird because if you're trying to build him up as a territorial runner, champion, belt collector, it falls very short on Dynamite. You don't get those vibes. On Dynamite, you get the coward. From Tuesday to Wednesday, you get a different Omega because mm-hmm. on Tuesday... <laughs> on Tuesday, you get the, the vivacious, I'm swagged out Omega, and I'm the best bout machine, and I got all these belts. But then when Wednesday comes, you get the little, you know, chicken shit heel, where he has to sacrifice Nakazawa. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, you got Don Callis pleading for his life, for, for his ankles or whatever they were going to snap. So it's 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 very weird. It makes me think that maybe possibly on impact 
they're trying to build up another player, which I'm going to go with Moose. Um, and maybe on Dynamite, we are still playing the the chicken shit heel to John Moxley, I think. That, that we have two storylines going on from Tuesday to Wednesday. What do you think? Which is sad um, because I think we are we should be removed from Moxley already. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I get the angle they're doing with him, Eddie Kingston. I get it. But at the end of the day, like, we should have been moved on from this and given other people opportunities for that title strap. What I do like is that we have, like, new contenders. Like, that big thing that shocked this all, which was Brian Cage going over the number one contender, Adam Page. And that was yeah. a huge shocker to a lot of people. So what's the story developing there? Does this, you know, do we see a Brian Cage versus Kenny Omega match, which could be a fucking good match if they build it up well. Um, you know, there are challengers waiting for Kenny Omega, but this Moxley feud has kind of stunted Omega's growth. And then, of course, the lack of promotion from from a sorry from Impact Wrestling on Dynamite hurts uh, hurts Impact Wrestling. It hurts Triple yeah. A. Uh, you know, he should be coming out with all these titles, parading around with uh, yeah. being the belt collector. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, if I've said it from day one. I want to see what Impact is getting out of this. And yeah, it's phenomenal. You got all these faces popping up on Impact. I understand you have sales going up, but when do you stop prostituting your product out? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I feel like with Impact right now. I feel like Impact is playing second fiddle to AEW. I feel like Impact is getting super hella, just, you know, spread out across everywhere. Nothing legitimate is coming to impact. We understand we're getting El Phantasmo this Thursday, which I'm all for it. But you have your tax traps in Japan. You don't have your tax traps existent every Thursday. Um, bro, yeah. If, if you're going to do this to your brand, you have. we're still waiting for somebody new to come out on AEW besides the Good Brothers from yeah. Impact. Nobody has shown up over there, so it's very weird what's going on. No, I agree with you. For all the good things that we talk about Impact Wrestling, I think this AEW deal that they have uh, hurts it in a way where it just makes Impact feel like second best or third best. When, when actually, mm-hmm. it, it is quite a great two mm-hmm. hours to watch. It is the alternative. You could put that on and you'll have a great time watching it. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know why people are sleeping on Impact Wrestling because they're doing big things. You know, one of the bigger things that, that's happened that we could segue to AAA right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we definitely know that Kenny Omega is, you know, the the mega ch- you know, there. Um, mm-hmm. He has been recently challenged by the one and only yes. Andrade, um, making it well known yes. that he wants to challenge Kenny Omega at Triple Mania for that strap. Number one, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm just going to get your thoughts right there. How do you feel about Andrade? Number one, going back to Triple A uh, mm-hmm. and challenging Kenny Omega for that strap. Is that a possibility to see him getting that? Or wow, where do you see this? First of all, I'm super, super excited. I'm happy that he looks exuberant again. He looks comfortable. He looks, you know, chill. He's in his element. I know you always said it. I said Impact, but you always said he should go back to Mexico. He should find his confidence again. He should build his character. I mean, he already has character, so I apologize, but he should find his confidence again. Um, bro, I- I'm super ecstatic. The promo was phenomenal. I don't know, you know, he cut it in Spanish, 
I don't know if whoever if you saw it with subtitles or you understood it because um, I know you know Spanish but I fucking love the promos it was intense it was very um how can I sit here and say it was it was true to him mm-hmm. I, I liked the demeanor I liked the swag I liked how he said you know I could have stood where I was at and received a paycheck and just you know be filthy rich but I know me I have talent and I want to show it and the fact how he said keeping it kind of what Legato's doing keeping it to that Mexican heritage he sat here and said bro Kenny Omega triple uh, mega champ that belt belongs with a Mexican that belt belongs on Mexican soil I, bro, I lost it. <laughs> like, I was like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's go. So I can see it happening for... I can see it happening for the fact, like you said, the belt collector gimmick is not in full effect. And after that promo, I can see it happening just because Andrade is so hot right now. And if... If you were to sit here and commit to this belt collector gimmick, it would work even better because you have the hot full Mexican free agent taken to what belongs to Mexico back in a phenomenal match because you know that shit's gonna be fire and then he called out Psycho Clown as well mm-hmm. bro I'll, I love the promo I love the call outs I'm all for it I can see it happening I can see him going over uh, I'm, I'm gonna get right back to Andrade but before we get yeah. right back to him let's just talk about another appearance that happened at, at AAA as well too the newly mm-hmm. crowned a women's champion in AAA Fabio Apache she got mm-hmm. interrupted by the impact women's world champion Diana Perrazzo um, stating that Triple Mania they want to do a belt a title versus title match <laughs> for those two titles how do you feel about that right there Bro, Triple Mania is going to be big, first of all. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, that's going to be intense. Like, that's a must-watch. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great for Deanna Perrazzo. She gets to run around territory as opposed, you know, like, she was she was a small-town girl. You get what I'm saying? East Coast, WWE, things like that. Now she's just venturing, and she's just going to get her freaking craft up, and she's just going to become what the virtuosa character is i'm better than everybody so i'm loving that i think those two women are stylistically they match up great uh apache winning the title bro that 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 came out of left field in my opinion so i'm all for it how do you feel about it because i know you're very high on diana perrazzo i am very high on diana but i also feel that you know with i don't want to say it's a lack of of a death and division and impact but i feel like she's run through everyone at this moment in time Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, it's it, not that it's stale, but I'm looking for a picking up of the character or something different, a course correction. So I love the fact that she's become this traveling champion as well, too. I think this is very new for her. Very, mm-hmm. very new for her. This is the, the biggest spotlight she's ever had. Yep. You can talk about NXT. You can talk about the Mae Young Classic and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is her spot. Like, she has eyes on her. She's main eventing pay-per-views and impacts. You know, she's going to different companies as a champion. You know, that confidence level has to be up there. The match happens, though. Who goes over, really? Do you have Diana go over and be a, a dual champion? Which, in my opinion, like, I, I, I could have dealt without. I really yeah. could have. Because I feel like that's like a trope now for the last two years. Becky yes. two belts. This is happening. That's happening. Everyone has two belts now. Naito like, two belts. <laughs> yeah, Naito two belts. Like I feel like we need to like separate yeah. ourselves from that mindset already and just go ahead and 
unless there's bigger there's bigger implications. But if there's not, okay. um, I would honestly be happy if Fabi went over. Uh, bear with me. The fact that she just that she just won the strap, like you know, left field in my opinion. The fact that Diana, uh, Diana, you hear me? Yeah, Diana yes. has been doing her thing on impact like you said running through the division let's just say hypothetically speaking which factual speaking um how about we have this end in i'm i'm in in some fuckery let's just say in some fuckery because i feel like right now a boss would hurt both women in my opinion yeah it would i mean not for diana that much but i i agree with you though it it would hurt for me it would hurt uh apache because it would be like okay that was just a fluke and then Diana, it'll be like, okay, maybe you weren't really that dominant champion. Maybe you were just dominant in the small, in the, in, in, in smaller divisions. Because, like you said, this is the main spotlight for her. Anything that's Japan or Mexico, bro, you're you're on top of the world right now. And for her, for for her first international matchup like that to lose, I think it would hurt her humongously. I don't know if it would hurt her, but I know it would hurt Impact Wrestling. Because then, True. once again you'll have another championship that's not on the brand anymore mm-hmm. which is amazing that, like i don't get it yeah that that's facts you have three championships throw away and <laughs> then all you have is the x division yeah yeah or or the women's tag team champions which are kind of weird as well too with that pair and i know you like it i love that pair <laughs> i'm sorry i love it this is power and power <laughs> yes that's what it is this is power on top of power it's freaking protein powder creatine <laughs> Like, <laughs> this should be the new heavy machinery straight up. They should have Tucker, Tucker come to Impact and be like their fucking manager. Their manager, their, their, their hype man. Like, I, I love that. And legitimately, if you weren't going to give them to Havoc and Nevaeh, I think they're the right team. I know it's a pairing that came out of nowhere, but I think Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace, number one, Jordan Grace has been lost in the sauce since losing the women's strap. Number two, uh, Rachel Ellering, a phenomenal talent. We saw her jumping around from NXT, WWE to AEW, kind of being lost in the sauce. Now you have her in Impact with a tag strap. I think, bro, both of these women need each other right now, honestly. I'm going to head back to Andrade real quick. Um, mm-hmm. So you mentioned a couple of names already. You know, Psycho Clown being one of the vested interest matches that he wants. He also yeah. mentioned that he wants to wrestle Laredo Kid at one point as well, too. And mm-hmm. the biggest controversy of July 13th, he is scheduled to have a contest, an exhibition match against the one, the only, Alberto Del Patron. Oh, God. You see this? I don't know about this. Is... <laughs> it gets you because Alberto is also in the midst of a case right now. I believe during mm-hmm. that time as well, too, he's supposed to be going to court for the accusations of uh, aggravated kidnap and assault. So Whew. it was axed. Um, um, many times why Andrade would take this match and the the scapegoat he kind of goes to is that he owes his career to Alberto that he brought him into the company um, okay. that that he he looks at him as a big brother and maybe it's that like that respect that family aspect that he mm-hmm. feels like he owes him one he owes him that match how do you feel about this wow bro well I'm just hearing about this because I know I heard the other that one I didn't 
I didn't hear about. It's very weird. It's very weird. Um, especially for, well, I mean, this, this is AAA, right? Is under AAA? It's not. It's going to be under this new federation. I'm not sure if this is the federation that Roosh is is making. Um, because I oh heard God. that he's making his own uh, federation as well too, from everyone leaving AAA and CMML. Um, but let me get to this right now. I believe. Uh, if I can just get this real quickly, and I'll, I'll get to it for in a second. Yeah. But, but definitely, it's going to happen on July 13th. Sorry about that. My computer froze for a second. But nah, it's all good, man, like the implications it's, here. It's yeah, the implications are big, but it's also you're putting yourself under a microscope for sitting here promoting a person that's currently going to trial for you know like you said aggravated kidnapping so it's like are you just doing this for the shock factor or are you doing this legitimately for del rio because we know we're not doing it for um andrade okay if andrade feels like he owes that to him as a man you can't take that away from him you know what i'm saying like he owes that to him but what are you doing with the uh patron side like what's going on or like do you legitimately give him this platform to show people you're not a fucking scumbag you get what i'm saying and yeah maybe maybe he could turn around and maybe this can be in a launching point for him so i was mistaken it's july 31st look at me i'm dyslexic mm. for a second right there no so okay. <laughs> uh, i think the it's pronounced nacion nacion Na- lucha libre oh like nation nacion yeah, so we're gonna as co-founded by Chavo Guerrero and Alberto Del Rio. Um, Ooh, okay. Also, the star. From what I see so far, they already have bookings for Primo, Epico, and Kalisto. That's supposed to be on that card as well too. Bro, why this shit about to be the hottest stuff right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm super hyped to see what Kalisto does outside the yeah. WWE now. I think he's gonna be fucking fire. Yeah, bro, he's been neutered in WWE. I think right now Kalisto's about to let go. Not only, you know, we have these phenomenal names, but we just also got to think about who has a great relationship with Roosh and Del Rio. And, you know, we can get all these cross promotions and stuff like that. So hey, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, man. But how do you feel about Andrade and Del Rio going at it? You know, it's, it's tough, you know, uh, you know, uh, we're all boys and we're all you know we we Mm -hmm. each other like family and sometimes we all become knuckleheads but at the end of the day we're always gonna try to look out for each other no matter how wrong we are sometimes we Mm -hmm. know that for a fact with our friendships um so i can see that you know when you're boys you're boys you know no matter what your boy fucks up you're there for them most of the time so i can see that but damn put you in not not so much a pleasant spotlight Especially, you know, your your fiance, you know, is one of the biggest stars in, in women's wrestling with Charlotte. You know, you're having your your contestant, your 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 brother essentially, um, go to court for aggravated assault and kidnapping. That's a lot. Like I, I can imagine her being like, What are you doing? And him him just being like, You you don't understand. This is family. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Um I I don't know, man, like um, it, it, I think that's what it is. I think it's just a, hey, you're my Brody. I'm gonna hold you down and things of that nature. Also, um, 
maybe it's just a platform to get Del Rio back into it. But I, I, I'm all for this promotion, man. You kind of sold me on it, honestly. Last bit of news before we get out of here. Uh, actually, two things. Let's talk about real quick. These real quick. WWE yeah. is a working, new working relationship with MLW. How do you feel about that? I know MLW is like your your little hidden secret. That's like your your ultimate, ultimate, ultimate right there. Like that's where you see your Jacob Fatus, your Hammerstones, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be touched. It's their own little area. Now the WWE's no. putting their hands in it like they didn't evolve. Does that does that spark any interest, or is it all bad news for you? No, I don't like it, man. I think MLW should have just stood by themselves. They were doing great. They were doing phenomenal. Um, it also just caused kind of conflicts of interest for a lot of wrestlers because we do know Brian Pillman Jr. is out there. Brian Pillman Jr. is featured heavily on AEW Dynamite, so it just kind of makes you think like, hey, what's going on here? Like, are we going to see Brian Pillman Jr. out in WWE or something? So I feel like it's going to be a lot of conflict of interest, but... um. It's this is just me. A lot of probably marks are gonna wild out, but um, kind of like the downfall of MLW, bro. No lie, I think this is the downfall of MLW, and they had something good. How yeah, do you feel about it? It's weird. It's weird. I feel like this is WWE like doing what WWE does, like just taking territories or taking things yeah. away from from the audience. Like y'all have an epic fucking roster already. Yeah. What more do you need? They are like Kylo Ren. More, more, more. Like, <laughs> yeah. But why? I, like you don't need these wrestlers. You're not gonna use a Jacob Fatu to his full extent unless you're gonna exactly. put him with Roman Reigns as like a bodyguard, which that kind of neuters Jacob Fatu. Like he doesn't need yeah. to be your Umaga Part Two. He needs to be Jacob fucking Fatu. Yeah, which has been running MLW for like the longest, and it sucks because MLW for. You know, just in case for people that haven't seen it, they have their histories because we've seen a lot of wrestlers come through there. You know, your Sammy Guevara's, everybody like it has history. So, ah, man, I, I don't know. It's just it's a weird predicament, but I agree with you a thousand percent because you're gonna. I'm not gonna say absolve, but you got a working relationship. But at the end of the day, what are they gonna get? Kind of like impact. So, and it's not being greedy. Stop being greedy. You have a pool of talent that you can use right now and push and promote instead of just going. I think this is just their answer to what AEW is doing. We know that we know that Triple H said he wanted to have a working relationship with NXT and NXT Mexico, trying to start something up like that. So I feel like they're trying to scramble to find an organization that'll work with them as a partner. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And we'll we'll finish on this right here. Smackdown, you know, Smackdown, how's it been? It's been up, it's been down, it's it's fairly pretty good, you know, they're pushing people as much as they can, Um, you know, you have Cesaro with this this epic rivalry with Roman Reigns, seeing people get flat out butched by Roman, (laughs) Um, Roman Reigns, new entrance music, how do you feel about that? Finally getting away from the Shield gimmick. I love it, man. It legitimately adds more to this tribal chief character. It finally gets him away 100%. Even though, you know, the attire that he has, but it gets him legitimately away from the shield. Now when you hear the music, you're not like, okay, no longer is Roman Reigns from the shield. It's the tribal chief. 
You want so, the tights, don't you? You want you want the tribal I tights? I do. I want the tribal tights. I want the I want him coming out with the tribal tights and the lay, bro, twenty four seven. That's what I want, man. <laughs> Give me that, bro. His I thighs would... glistening. <laughs> Paul, Paul, rub them, rub the thighs. <laughs> We're like Ramses from Natural Libre, bro, getting lathered up. I would even, bro. In a crazy, weird world, I would even take some tights with some possibly low-cut boots, man. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like some I'm Tim's? Gonna... Like some t- <laughs> No, not... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nah, not like some Tim's, but like some some um, LA Knights, bro. Cause you okay, know, I got you. Yeah, yeah, like the LA Knights, bro. Like up to the calf halfway. <laughs> I would, I would take that, or possibly Kushida barefoot, bro, with the straps. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're going to embrace this travel chief gimmick, you got to give me a hundred, bro, lays and barefoot. <laughs> that, that's going to be Jacob Fatu's new role. It's going to be oiling up Roman Reigns, unfortunately, now with this working relationship. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm all in with the character. I, I don't think this is a character that needs to be beat anytime soon. No, I think no, he no. needs to be like your Hulk Hogan and like have a reign till next year. Until somebody's yeah. definitely ready. Who who do you think? Okay, let's just just play uh, matchmaker right now. Sandbox. You give this guy this phenomenal run till next year. Who do you can see or conjure up to beating Roman Reigns? Ooh, uh, let's see here. I still feel like you could do something with Biggie. I still mm-hmm. feel like it matches power to power, intensity to intensity, promo to promo. I think that's it. I think WrestleMania was a test to see if the crowd was behind him. And he definitely yeah. had the crowd behind him as a single star. Mm-hmm. So that works for me. But if you cannot do Big E, uh, I see projects for people. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when Rumble season comes around, it's like, who do you want to see at the end of the Rumble, right? So mm-hmm. I can see a Big E win the Royal Rumble. But I can also see. Right now, them getting Matt Riddle fucking ready for the main spotlight of him hanging out with Orton. Yeah, um, facts. And if you really want to just keep Riddle on Raw, just going through all the shit until Royal Rumble, then him challenging Roman, that could be something as well, too. I think that would be a conflict with characters a little bit. I think I would enjoy it because of the bro and then Roman bro. ultra fucking serious. say, bro. I hear it. Acknowledge me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could keep a straight face with that feud. That, that actually would work. <laughs> uh, acknowledge me, bro. <laughs> acknowledge me. He's out here, bro. <laughs> I don't even know what the word acknowledge means. <laughs> <Yeah>. Acknowledge. <laughs> Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for all the shit that people are talking about, Riddle, this RKO shit. I love it. It's because I love it for for Orton because Orton gives two yeah. shits about it. He's just like, bro, fuck this guy. But it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, Orton right now, legitimately, he knows that he has nothing left to prove in this industry. So he's just rolling with the punches, and he's just putting Matt Riddle over every chance he gets, bro. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's uh, doing the, ve- the veteran job. That's what he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that came out of SmackDown though, Daniel Bryan being um, exiled from SmackDown due to the loss of Roman Reigns. Um, A lot of rumors. A lot of rumors saying that he was either going to finally retire 
since you know um, the Bell is going to be returning to the WWE. Oh my gosh, forgot about that. The Bell is returning possibly this summer. You have Bella's Eva Marie. Fuck my life. It's 2010 again. Ah, uh, it's two. Yeah, it's 2010 again. Are you ready for the grind? <laughs> <laughs> um. But I also hear, too, that he's going to be a traveler. He wants to do some matches before he actually calls it quits. And he'd rather do it on the low on the low limelight rather than the WrestleMania. He had his WrestleMania moment. He made a vent one more time. Now he wants to go to NXT and have the matches against the people like Gargano, against Finn Balor, against, you know, Adam Cole. He wants to go to NXT UK and have the matches with Walter, against all the people like Joe Coffey and whatnot, and Tyler Bate and whatnot. Um, if that's the Daniel Bryan we're going to get, I don't know how I feel. I, I, I feel fucking amazed. I think it sounds yeah. great, but I don't know. I was going to say sign me up, bro, because... I mean, I haven't really been the, the the biggest Daniel Bryan fan, but this dude has busted his hump for this company. And I think right now, like you said, doing the veteran's job to a certain extent, I think this is a phenomenal role for him because it will kind of be like a, fel a farewell tour. Yeah. So, and you're just getting me excited right now with the idea of him going up against Gargano. Possibly, possibly even giving him maybe this is just me stretching it but giving him a legitimate legitimate possibly a year run with that north american strap i, think, I wouldn't be mad i wouldn't be mad at all yeah i think he would do phenomenal with that strap and elevate the strap and people so um sign me up honestly. yeah and here's the thing he gets to fucking wrestle it's not really about mm -hmm. the story aspect or I'm the small guy against like the huge giants on the main roster. No, he has guys his size. He can have 10 star matches with Gargano, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. He can have, yeah. fuck that shit. Imagine him and Dragunov just having a oh. war together. Imagine him and Walter just having a war. Him and Tommaso yeah. Ciampa, him Emma. and Thatcher in the fucking him cage. And Thatcher, yeah, in the cage, bro. Yeah, that would be fucking phenomenal. And low key. Low-key, they kind of cooled him down, but he, I, I, maybe this is just me, but I'm on the legit Tyler Rust freaking bandwagon. Like, yo, him and Tyler Rust would have phenomenal matches, bro. Honestly. I'm all for this. Him and Leon Ruff. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Leon Ruff, you know, <laughs> making Jake Atlas fucking feel relevant if that were to happen again. You know, there's a, a plethora of talent that he can have fun with, even if it's for, like, one year. Just yeah. having him bounce back and forth between NXT UK and NXT, and he doesn't have to be the main picture. He doesn't have to go against Karrion Cross, but I like that mid-level, the Garganos, the Chompas. Yeah, make 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 the North American strap what it should be the work the workhorse title, kind of like the Intercontinental Champion title. You bring that back, like you said, mid-level. That Brian is the perfect catalyst for that, so that'll be phenomenal. Well, him and Kushida. Oh my god. Oh Him my and god. Um, fucking Santo Escobar. Fuck oh my life. Oh my god. Don't get me open for no reason. There's a lot of <laughs> wet technical matches everywhere. <laughs> we don't even have to worry yeah. about like fucking yes chances and shit like that. It's just Word, no, we'll get no like yes the American chance. Dragon Daniel Bryan. That's what I want. Yeah. Just straight wrestling. Bro, <laughs> like no yes chance. Just him having fun as his farewell tour. Bro, I can't even say farewell tonight, but I think that would be phenomenal, man. Honestly. Well, as Daniel Bryan um, says farewell to possibly a WWE career, we are saying farewell to you, my good audience, our good audience. 
guys, we are out of time today, but I love the barbershop conversation between no, no, both of us today. Ooh, ooh, we're we, not. No, we're not. No, we're not. We got like fucking half an hour still to go. No, <laughs> you know what? Legitimately, yeah. we have 18 minutes left on, on the app. No, oh, but look at that. yeah. But I will say this, though. It's always great talking shop with wrestling, especially getting your natural reactions when it comes to news and items of the week. Um, next big things we're going to be d- doing, uh, we have, uh, of course, Blood and Guts tomorrow. We have Under Siege happening for Impact Wrestling. WrestleMania slash Backlash said, coming. You said Under Siege. All I thought it was about biddies coming out the cake. <laughs> Bro, everybody keeps on talking about the movie. Like, this this, this show cannot escape that whatsoever. <laughs> That's what I thought about, bro, because I legit thought it was called Under Siege. You said Under Siege right now? It is. I it is about- Under Siege. Yeah, I thought about Shorty coming out the cake, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All we need is Steven Seagal to come out there, puñeta. <laughs> get together, puñeta. Go, go back in the cake, puñeta. Yo, Kenny Omega, come here, puñeta. <laughs> bro, Kenny Omega coming out with Steven Seagal would be, <laughs> would be everything. 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 <laughs> There's no context to it whatsoever. Just let him do it. Bro, give me Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and Steven Seagal. Just Don Callis. Stage. Just Don Callis and Steven Seagal on the commentary booth. And let him call the match. Bro. So, Steven, how do you feel about the match? Well, don't watch that much wrestling, but fuck it. <laughs> that, that's a one-wagon angel, Punyata. <laughs> I can see that all day. I can't even do a Steven Seagal voice, but you can. Oh, oh Triple Mania coming pretty soon. Um, What's Triple Mania? I believe that's going to be... Let's see here. Oh, yeah, let's if see. I can look this up right now. Oh, Triple, yeah. Mania Triple Mania 21. Uh, bro, cause I'm 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 all over that man. Like, yeah, Mexican wrestling so hot right now. Bro, it is. It, it freaking is 2021. Um, the no date yet. But let me see. Hold on. No date. No date. Yeah. No. But we. But 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 yeah. No date. Yeah. No, I don't see nothing. Maybe they're just waiting for crowds as well too. A lot of these places are opening up after July. Yeah. Because honestly, um, CMLL, you know, I follow them on YouTube and I, I get the alerts and every time they sit here and say, we're going to go live in 30 minutes, but you know, with closed doors. So a lot of places are probably waiting for fans, like you said. And I think AAA is probably waiting for the fans because we know AAA and the fans are symbiotic. They need it. Especially mm-hmm. if we're bringing Andrade versus Kenny Omega, that's gonna blow the fucking roof off that place. Especially if they're gonna do it in Mexico City, bro. That 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 will catch fire. Um, yeah. So many good things to look for. I want to hear from you though, man. What are you doing these days now? Talk to me about your plugs. Oh, my plugs. What am I doing? Well, you know, I'm over here watching Steven Seagal videos about <laughs> high kicks and spinning back kicks and <laughs> biddies coming out cakes. <laughs> I, yeah, I am chilling. I am doing the MMA thing. If you guys love the wrestling, 
and you appreciate what Val and I do here, go check out The Kimura Chronicles, the one and only The Kimura Chronicles. Google it. Find it on Apple. Find it on Spotify. Find it on iHeart, Pandora. We talk MMA out there. The craziness that we do here, we do it over there. That's on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Pandora, wherever you get your podcast. And that has an Instagram and Facebook and a Twitter. Facebook and Instagram is The Kimura, uh, the Kimura Chronicles. And on Twitter, it is TKC Podcast underscore. We bring you news, reviews, reactions, all that good stuff from the MMA world. Which, um, actually, I want to get your views on, um, you know, one of the last news I posted up where it, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent right now. I shouldn't be. Go we got to do, go go do some barbershop talk. Now, uh, you know what? If y'all want to know what we got to say about Amanda Nunes and Dana White about the featherweight division, the women's featherweight division, go check out the Kamora Chronicles. Hell we yeah. Should have, we should have a barbershop talk about that because I just saw the news about that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm playing video games. Val's playing video games. Our boy Jake is playing video games. Our boy Dwayne Hayes got the PS5, bro. The elusive PS5. The elusive, yeah, flourish. Like, (laughs) my son finally hit. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try to get him on Lag Switching, where we talk video games. Lag underscore switching. That's on Instagram, and that podcast is on Spotify and Apple. I'm going to try to get him to do a Returnal review, kind of like a little, you know, Q&A. Because we share play Returnal. It looks fucking phenomenal. So I'm going to get him out there. If you guys love video games, definitely check that out. Val jumps on that. Jake, all of our childhood friends. Um, If you want to reach me personally and talk about whatever floats your boat under the stars, you know, y'all can hit me up at Sun Eater UA. That's my Instagram and that's my Twitter. That's where I'm at. That's where your boy Jay is at. But if people want to talk to you about anime, if people want to talk to you about movies, if people want to talk to you about wrestling, if people want to talk to you about May the 4th, bro, May the 4th be with you. And Bad Batch, where can people find you at? Ooh, if you want to talk about anime and things of pop culture, you know, I am the pop culture finesser. We are the Mm. pop culture icons of the world. Uh, Pop culture finex for myself, Jay Branson, Jake. We all go out there and we talk about things such as Falcon Winter Soldier, Mortal Kombat, anime like my hero fucking academia mm-hmm. uh, we go out there and we show love to those things that we love ourselves the iconic parts of pop culture pop culture fanatics on all podcast stations pcf podcast on twitter instagram and of course facebook at pop culture fanatics go out there elite wrestling audio right here what we do right now we are the premier fan-made entertainment for the fans by the fans for professional wrestling we have little things we do on facebook instagram and twitter um engaging with the audience as well too so come ask as well too doing our style barbershop talks and reviews and news the world in the world of professional wrestling ewa podcast on twitter instagram and of course lead wrestling audio on facebook as well too it's out there platforms lucha val cisco on instagram lucha val cisco on twitter and of course Guys, here's some big stuff right here. Ooh, big stuff. With the good graces. By the end of May, we should be on either one or the other, if not both, on Amazon Music slash podcast for all Elite Wrestling Audio, Lag Switching, Kimura Chronicles, and Pop Culture Fanatics. And if it goes right as well, too, on Audible as well, too. So big stuff happening for us yeah. as well, too. Look, look, 
what the what the fuck is going on? Like, wait, <laughs> you just dropping this on me right now? Yes, what, I did. What? I want a legit reaction to that, bro. Like, wait, yeah, I'm, I'm, how? <laughs> like, I'm lost. Like, what the? It's the really? promotion. If I get a, I, I sat down. And I said I need to grab the balls. The bulls, bulls. <laughs> Bro, Fuck the whores. I grabbed the bulls, bulls. The, the bulls, bulls. And just went promotion crazy, and he's trying to build this brand, our brand, oh, brand that we yeah. that we see. We we work hard. That you work hard tremendously as well too. And we put our stamp on this. We want to make sure that it's gonna get to bigger heights in 2021. Yo, that's that's wild. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm ecstatic right now. Amazon? Dude, we made it. We with Jeff Bezos right now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call me Elon Musk. <laughs> call me Gator, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that meme's been going around. Really? <laughs> Everywhere. I don't know why, but it's just Will Ferrell. And, uh, <laughs> and then the little switchblade? Like, no, it's just oh, like him regular with glasses from other guys. But oh, what is yes. it? Get his bitches better be wearing Jimmy's. Jimmy's yeah. Get his bitches better be wearing Jimmy's. I need some walking around money. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, but that's, that's what's up, man. That's big moves. Yeah, we definitely doing big moves out here, man. Like, come join the movement. Like, we ain't playing anymore. It. Nah, nah, bro. Never, yo, bro, I'm not, I'm not even going to front yet. We ain't playing. We ain't playing. So join the movement, damn it. Damn it. Get, get him, Clannis. <laughs> damn, Clannis. Home today. Home oh, yeah. <laughs> I got blisters on these fingers. <laughs> guys, it's been real. You guys take care. Uh, Jay, I'll, I'll hit you up after the podcast. Well, too. <laughs> Definitely, brother. It's been a pleasure as always. Everybody take care. Later, guys. Later.